morning. Good morning. Hi, I'm Jerome Whittingham, photographer, podcaster and editor of HullIsThis.News. You've just heard me arriving at my first shift. With this project, I'm working a full shift with an interesting business or organisation, photographing and sound recording as I go. This shift was a day of style and a little bit steamy too. A gem of a business that maybe you wouldn't expect to find in Hull. One of just a handful of its kind outside of London, in fact. Based on Grimston Street in Hull, Cock of the Walk is a group of award-winning bespoke cutters, tailors and hand finishers. Headed by trained coat maker Gillian Long, their craft is carried out using the time-honoured skills found in Savile Row workrooms. Tell me about what you're doing here then, Jill. Oh, we're just dressing a mannequin for just to display our work. So we've made a lovely pair of trousers, double pleated front, and I think we'll just get a nice photo of them. Uh, dressing them up, so we've got a nice shirt tie and a pair of braces that we're currently just adjusting onto the correct waist of the mannequin. And now we're going to put the waistcoat on as well. I might actually get a photo first, like this, Okay. I think. Uh, hands in pockets. Are people buying suits for special occasions or just for general use? Ah, it's good that you notice that. A lot of our customers are not... How I would say, our customers are not those that need a suit, they're those that want a suit, which is a totally different psychology. If they needed a suit, they would probably be going somewhere a lot cheaper. This is people who enjoy, they enjoy the process of it being made, they can have anything they want, they know that it's going to be made by hand, in whole, by us. Are you known for a particular style? <laughs> um, where I train, there's a particular armhole and sleeve shape, and this is what I do. Um, it's called a rope sleeve head. Because we make from scratch, we can make anything, so we're not restricted in that way. Yay! I think we just have to keep abreast of all the styles. I'm a believer in, instead of being quite corporate and going for you know hitting the wedding market very hard, why don't we um, look at niche people who can't get suits anywhere else or a particular look? And if you piece all them niche people together, that's quite a credible business so we do get quite a lot of people who like the older style a lot of people are liking the tweeds dandyism a lot of them each city has got its own style anyway um so we find the manchester customer a lot more of a layered customer and i think that's probably a lot to do with the weather i find that their approach to tailoring is very honest um whereas our london customers i find that i'm making them more a costume so it's something that they want to be showing about themselves and they'll put that suit on to project but then they can take that off when they get home and uh, our Manchester customers it's more finding who are they in a suit and that is very true to who they are Are you making the sort of generalisations about people from the north and people from the south people from the north more genuine people from the south well <laughs> it's quite funny really because um, a lot of our London customers are northerners as well the northerners done good I also find the whole style a lot more rural it's a, it's a rural city so there's I mean, are you getting people from 
East Yorkshire coming into the city. Yeah, but even the people in Hull, even the city people have more of a tendency for tweed and hardy cloth, whereas your Manchester customers, they, they want that city cloth. You, 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 see, you see cities kind of um, reduced down, boiled down through the tailoring. I better let you get cutting. <laughs> Jill, why have you got three clocks on the wall all telling oh. the same time? Um, because we have three locations. We are headquartered here in Hull, and then we also visit Manchester and London. So, you know, we know what time it is in every city. We just need to know. <laughs> so is Luke sorting out some buttons there? Yeah, we're having some buttons made specifically for a customer. And we have to send uh, the, the self-made buttons out of the cloth. We have to send the cloth to Savile Row where they will make them into buttons for us. Um, and we're just discussing what size of buttons we want. So in our industry, our buttons are not an, a metric measurement. It's a really archaic measurement called linear. And uh, there isn't an actual measurement for it. You just have to know the measurements in your head. So um, I'm just guiding the apprentice on how many of the small and how many of the jacket size. It goes up, it goes up, um, and we just have to know it. So are there lots of sort of quirky traditions then within this industry? We don't probably see them as quirky. Um, I suppose having to deal in gossip, yeah, we deal with gossip with all of our suppliers. That is, it is a thing. Uh, But again, because we're out of the way in Hull, we do quite like to hear what's going on in the London area because that's that, that is very interesting. There's a lot going on there. There's oh, there was a few very good scandalous stories a couple of years ago. Um, being out the way here, we, we still see what's going on. And I suppose when your customer is in the little changing room area, I mean, that's almost like a confessional? Yeah, the, you, you can get quite close to your customers. You, you see them at the best and the worst. Nothing, yeah, I, I would say we, we do gossip a lot with our customers. Nothing leaves the shop. What were you saying there then, Jill? <laughs> There's horse wee in most of what we're making. Horse wee, yeah. why? We don't see that as unusual though. So you're wearing very luxury natural fibres and insects are going to want to have a piece of that and they're going to want to lay their eggs in that. So you're going to have to repel the insects. And historically, what you would do is you'd soak the canvases, which are the interior of the suit, in horse wee. And there's a natural antiseptic nature to the wee that repels the insects. And we still use it to the day. It's still used now. What, I, suppose, I suppose bespoke tailoring, and especially what we do in this shop, is very unique, that it hasn't really changed a lot in 200 years. So if you go to proper traditional tailors, we are practising what has been done for hundreds of years still to this day.
you could be telling me anything and I'm just standing there nodding, <laughs> taking it on. There's not been, for example, the horseweed, there's not really been anything to be found better than that. You have to soak the cloth when it comes in and when you're steaming it, there's a little bit of urine coming out so you get a bit of a smell. So you don't have a bottle of it under the shelf here? No, no, we, we're trying to, no, we're usually trying to extract the whey. <laughs> it usually comes already soaked in whey. <laughs> Tell me about your training then, Jill. How have you got to this point? Long, long years. It's all I've ever done. Um, I'm 38 now and it's the only job I've ever had. Is it a family trade? No, God, no. Um, no, I'm from... My, my mum is a factory worker and my dad is a lorry driver. So, no. Well, what did I do? Um, basically, I was... It's just in the 90s and I didn't really like what was offer, on offer in the shops to wear. So I just started making my own clothes. Went to college. I was I was working as a barmaid in a bingo hall, <laughs> and and um, I thought, oh well, my days are free. I'll go to college and learn a bit of sewing. And the tutor there said, um, you know, you've got a bit of a gift. You need to go to do this further at university. And I never thought I was going to be one of them people to go to university. Yeah, passed that course. Thought right, go to university. This is a chance to go and see somewhere else. So I moved uh, to Kent, which is just below London, but it was close enough that I could be in London all the time. Went and did that. Um, found out I was dyslexic, so probably why I was natural at a lot of aspects of this job. Um, I, f I found um, women's were too much of an open subject. I needed to hem myself in a little bit because I just couldn't go crazy with ideas. So uh, I majored in menswear, did that, I enjoyed it very much. I, I, um, I was natural at things like pattern cutting and visualisation. Of So, for example, looking at somebody and I can unpick what they're wearing in my head and turn that into a 2D shape and know what... You know, it's, it's quite cool to be able to do that. Sort of doing the reverse of what digital technology is doing. Yeah. Digital's going all 3D design CAD mm. and you're, you're doing it the opposite way around. Well, we have to. They have to start on a 2D. When I finished my degree, I thought to myself... I don't think I know enough here, so what's the hardest thing I can do now? I've come all this way and I'm enjoying it. And the hardest thing is either couture or bespoke tailoring. And I don't speak French and couture is in Paris, so I thought, OK, I will do bespoke tailoring. Knocked on a load of doors on Savile Row and everyone was very polite and they hadn't got anything. And Well, I, I wrote letters and nothing came, so I thought, right, I'm going to... I'm going to turn up on your door and you're going to have to say no to me in person. And they found that very difficult and I hope someone gave me a job. Uh, number one, Savile Row, uh, Geeves and Hawks. And I was invited to do a bit of training and shadowing an apprentice. So, for example, we have an apprentice here. I had to come in and shadow an apprentice. And I didn't realise at the time, but my future master is what we call it, down Savile Row. He was keeping an eye on me to see if he could work with me and I'd actually passed the test that I didn't know was the test that he could... Because you're inside each other's pockets all day, you know, very small workrooms and, yeah, he decided he could work with me so I was invited to train as a coat maker and it was only getting that far, so that is, what, college and a degree and all the knocking on doors and it was only when I got through that I then realised it was the job I wanted to do forever. So very long way down that road to come to that realisation and 
I love the way you're actually using uh, words and phrases from this industry. Oh. You probably don't even know you're doing oh, it. You, just said, you said you felt hemmed in. Oh. <laughs> and that you're constantly in each other's pockets. We do, yeah, we do, we do, we do say a lot of things like that. So Jill, the customer that came in this morning for his fitting, yeah. originally came in just for a waistcoat, you said, yeah. and now he's got a whole list of things. Is that you? Are you a good marketer? Or is this people just, you know, getting the vibe of the shop when they come in and just wanting more of it? We we have an idea if they want more or not already. They're not, they're not saying it with words, but you can tell they are uh, a good customer who who are attracted to tailoring and they appreciate things that fit well and look nice and maybe, you know, for example, that gentleman, he likes something that you can't find anywhere else. So when he came in for that waistcoat a couple of years ago now, we knew that we'd not seen the last of him. You, you, You can just tell. Do you find you have to be really diplomatic when clients come in and you're doing fittings? Yeah, of course. We, we're not going to embarrass anybody. I wouldn't say we're undiplomatic anyway, and we have to become diplomatic. We, it's in our nature, really. Uh, we, have, we have secret words and terminology for things. Come on, share some of those no, with me. The thing is, you've got to, um, you have to make the notes and you have to acknowledge certain shapes. You know, you, ha- you have to, or else it won't fit correctly. But you um, just don't scream about it. um, like a word I've just been using corpulent wide in the stomach area so maybe probably a bit beer belly kind of shape and that's an old word I don't write them words when the customer is in I don't want them seeing that I'm I don't want them to feel that they're being judged Tell me about your apprentice then, Luke, who's been working with you. The poor lad really seems to have to know his place. He does, yes. Um, especially when all, all of us are in, he's the assistant to all of us. Um, so in, in currently we have a trouser maker, I'm in coat making, and we have um, another coat maker in. So he's assisting all of us. He's getting to see everything that we're doing and has to do all the little tedious jobs that help us to move on with our job but hopefully he's also learning that um, them stitches that he's doing are going into very fancy expensive garments and he can hopefully feel a bit of ownership that his hand has gone into that and his hand is good enough so what we you know we are the highest in in the sewing world bespoke tailors and he is appreciating that his he can do it and that what he is doing is good enough tell me about your background Mike. um i'm from Bilton grange so it's just a very normal untailored world back background um but i just fancied a complete change in something that i actually do enjoy doing Okay, and you've recently graduated. Tell me about your, your degree. Oh, yeah, I got a first in my fashion degree, which was um, thinking by the Open University. And then from there, I've come here because it's something I really want to pursue. I really want to learn more about what goes into the construction of clothes and design. How different is the study of fashion to what you're finding here being an apprentice? It's, it's not 
too much different to be honest there's more similarities than there is differences it's learning your craft learning it well learning the discipline and learning basically all the nooks and crannies that goes into making the perfect garment watching you this morning you you are at the uh, the lowest of the low in terms of levels here aren't you how, how do you feel about that <laughs> I, I don't mind to be honest it was like that at college it's every man for themselves so it sort of builds you up builds your character up it's all look do this look do that look can you pass this look hang that yeah. up well, um, i think everyone starts like that anyway it's not it's nothing that like puts me off the love for tailoring so it's traditional for a, an apprentice to have an apprentice piece that they might be working on. So are you able to sort of make your own outfit over the year that you're here? Yeah, yeah, Jill has promised them that that will come along after Christmas. After Christmas yeah. <laughs> I am really looking forward to doing it. I'm, I'm tempted to even start in the spare time when I've done all my jobs, start making trousers and things like that, just to build my skills up. So what, what sort of outfit have you got in mind? Oh, I have no idea yet. I don't know whether to go a bit over the top or wear something, but um, I can wear all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm George Vieira, I'm from Spain. Uh, I have been working in the fashion world for a lot of years, like 30, 35 years. I arrived Hull three years ago and I found this place that is a diamond in the security of the fashion world because the fashion world is a lot of times about money, lies, quantities and this is about quality and this is all handmade and I'm part of the team now. So tell me about your role within the team. Uh, I'm Undercutter. The Undercutter is under the Master Tailor and he make all the preparations for the spoke uh, work for the master tailor. One of the preparations is that the thing that I made yesterday, that is a full canvas for a bespoke jacket or coat, like we call it here. And uh, the canvas is made in three layers, and it's uh, to make the structure and to give a structure to the suit and to allow the suit to adapt to your body. A bespoke uh, garment is a live garment. Uh, when you use it at the beginning, it's a little strong, but it is going to adapt to your body, and it's for all your life, it's for, for your whole life. A bespoke suit is better and better and better in the advance of using it. It's, uh, it's going better and better when you are using it and wear it a lot of times. The, the way that you we stitch this canvas it allows to expand and to adapt to the body. It's, it's, you know, this technique has been worked for a lot of years, like 150 years, and we try to master these techniques that has been here for a lot of years. Quite a diverse little team, aren't you? People from all corners. So Jill has said she's from Manchester. I've met Luke, who's from Bilton Grange in Hull. George has just been in. He's Spanish. Yeah. Where are you from? I am from Latvia, Riga. I am in UK for 15 years. 
You seem to have a reputation for really whizzing through the work that you're given. Yeah, magic fingers. <laughs> <laughs> when I live it in Latvia, I work in factory and make pockets in factory for three years. It's my specific work, do you know? I like my job. It's like it's not a job. It's like hobby. Right, that's what I'm finding. There's a real passion. Jill, a few moments ago, said there's a, a real romance yeah. between the garments that you're making and you as a skilled labourer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel very happy when I make something from with my hands. You know, and I can see results after. It's very excited when you start, just start, make, do you know how it looks. I very like my job. Here is lots of hand stitching. Normally in my country we not use a hand stitching, we use all with machine, do you know. We all stitch do by machine, not by hand. It's very expensive. Mm. And nobody don't want to buy that things in my country. <laughs> do you prefer working with your hands then you get a, a, a great no you prefer the machines yeah i like uh, because i like working fast but hand stitches keep me slow and i don't like i feel like turtle <laughs> 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 how it's explained in turtles yeah. yeah i like machine work more than hand stitch You'll hear my machine isn't as fast. thinking chefs get very protective over their knives mm -hmm. don't they are you the same with any item in, in the workshop no that my, my shears are shared uh, i'm no anyone can use them as long as they behave well but i you know keep a, a tough eye if you're going to be using my shears uh we all like our own sewing machine we are very protective and personal with them we recently had them all done again by mechanics and you know nobody likes them when they've been touched by a mechanic and you know mechanics not touching it right <laughs> but you, you know for example my machine saws um it's not very secure the the um the foot and it's quite wild and i, I like that because i've adapted my sewing i've got i've got used to it You're like wild, so. um <laughs> i can control it well you've you've got to you've got to be quite tough with it do you find yourself walking through town looking at how people are dressed and criticising? No, people think people always ask me that. People think that's what I do, but no. Um, my eye is always switched on. I can't switch it off. So uh, I, I tend more. It's when I see a suit on telly or in a film. A bad suit can spoil a film for me. Uh, but no, in, in the streets, no. God no, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more easygoing than people expect. <laughs> Well, I've noticed throughout the day, Natalia, you're a very quiet person. Yeah. You seem to have your little corner here. Uh, but you're doing more intricate work, is that right? 
and I don't know. I think no. I just like my work. I enjoy it. I, I like see when customer, you know, I don't know. For example, I make trousers, and when customer come and fitting room and take on him and he like, I see he like. It doesn't matter for me. It's I don't know. This is my pleasure. And I understand also that you knew Katerina long before you worked together here. Tell me about that. It was, you know, uh, I work in factory on this time, and she studied in college. But in my country, we have uh, half of year you study, and after this uh, half of year you have, like, practice, and they send you in factory. In my country, it's a little bit different system. It's not like in England. You have uh, line leader, and uh, that line leader explains what you need to do. In my country, uh, that uh, new staff would come, like uh, student, uh, they ask a uh, person who worked before, for example, like me. You know, I worked three years in this factory, and they ask me show how to need to do, what need to do. So you're working in a creative industry. Do you mm-hmm. find your creativity shows itself in, in other ways too? Cooking, for example. Uh, yeah. Um, um, I find I'm quite an instinctual cook. I don't really need recipes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think now. Um, Would you say you're artistic? No, I... I um, it's, that, it's that kind of old question, isn't it? What is art? I don't see beauty in something unless it has uh, a purpose as well so if it's not useful I don't think it's beautiful at all I think it's just pure decoration How mindful are you of wastage? There seems to be lots of little sort of offcuts and things. Oh, we're very, we use everything. You get an idea of how much a suit is anyway. We we already have a use for all the offcuts. So we have boxes under the tables here and they're filled with offcuts of linings and um, walls. And I think once a year I'll take a big box over to the college for the, for the tailoring side of the degree. And then any other pieces we donate them to a charity that turn them into dogs and teddy bears for um well we did some for the ns no rspca and also uh, for the daisy appeal that's the main one that we give the um extra pieces to nothing nothing goes to waste so your apprentice look what opportunities are ahead for him after he's left how many places like this are there in the uk oh there's not, there's not many like us at all, apart from us. And if you don't if you don't count the London tailors, there's about five of us outside of London, and that that are really making that deal directly with the customer, do the cutting in house, make everything in by hand or in house also. It depends really for Luke what he wants to do. Uh, we, we have asked him what is he more interested in and we'll try to make sure that his year with us, he will see as much of that as possible. So I think he said he was very interested in women's tailoring. So we're trying to involve him in as much of that process as possible. Um, so it's, it's up to Luke where he takes it really. It's also up to him how much he learns because the faster he learns a new skill, the more responsibilities we can give him and he can learn more.
So it, again, it's personal to him. You could say it's bespoke to him, really. I'm a great believer in these skills shouldn't be dying on one street in London and there's just this one street in the whole of the country where you can go for a suit because that's not very democratic. It doesn't have to be about Mayfair tailoring and I don't think it's very fair. We, we see ourselves as like um, a tailoring resistance where we're, we're not having it, we're, we're not going to allow these skills to go to this one place and, and this one area of London has all of these um, traditions. Right. You've been listening to an episode of Shifts, a project by me, Jerome Whittingham, photographer at Photo Moments and editor of HullIsThis.News. Thanks for listening. It's been good to be in your ears. You'll find more at HullIsThis on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. It would be good to have you following too. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Until next time, bye for now.